Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go, a podcast about the life cycles of all kinds of things. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And today is my topic, and I'm talking about where did the Palmaris longest go? Ooh. Do you know what the Palmaris longest is, Emily? I don't. Okay, cool. So as you know, Emily, we're evolving. We are a uh, animal on this planet and we are evolving. Um, not just you and I, though sometimes it seems like it, but in general. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't believe in ev- evolution, you're listening to us. Uh, I don't know why. You must be hate listening to us. <laughs> you should go listen to the Where Did Other Homo Sapiens or Where Did Other Hominids Go episode. And exactly. Either way, we got your listen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the palmaris longus is a muscle that, interestingly, some of us have and some of us don't have and some of us kind of have. Uh, first of all, to see if you have it, you're going to stretch your arm out in front of you with your palm up. You're okay. going to touch your thumb to your pinky and okay. then flex your hand towards you slightly. So in the midline of your wrist, Mm -hmm. you might see a muscle sticking up. Yep. And then do it on the other hand. So I have it on my left hand distinctly and a lot less distinct on my right hand. Same here. So I have a palmaris longus, as far as I can tell, on my left side, but not on my right. Um, so that's interesting that you also have the same thing. So it's de- very distinct on my left hand. I don't seem to think that I have it on my right. Um, I have. I can definitely see where the vein is right there, but I'm not entirely sure there is a palmaris longus there. But anyway, this is okay. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people have it only on one side. It's totally normal. Um, and interestingly, uh, this is actually a scrap part. We don't actually need this muscle. Um, so surgeons will actually use it to replace snap tendons and for cosmetic surgery. So they will actually go and harvest that, uh, the tendon at the, at the bottom of this muscle and actually use it in other places. So we've just got a scrap muscle because we don't need it. And there's a range between like who they think has it, who they don't. The range was kind of high in some places where I looked. It was between 6 and 25%, which is a garbage percentage. That's a ton of people. But then I saw yeah. other I saw other things was like 50, about 15% of people do not have the palmaris longus. So it's it's pointed to as one of those things as evidence that humans are still evolving, which is why I mentioned evolution early, earlier. We're changing over time. We just don't need the palmaris longus for wrist flexion. Uh, it, if you don't know much about the muscles in the forearm, uh, this is it stretches from the humerus near the elbow, comes down and around uh, to the wrist and then attaches to your palm to a muscle in your palm okay it's long and thin in us humans um it doesn't have a very big uh, muscle belly 
which is like mm-hmm. a, so it suggests that we don't really need it for flexion or for arm strength. So our early primate ancestors uh, probably need this needed this muscle for wrist flexion, like uh, orangutans um, seem to have a very strong palmaris longus or palmaris longus like muscle. Um, they spend a lot of the time in trees, and our closer cousins, the chimps and bonobos, they spend a lot more time upright. So they don't seem to use it much either, and there's a smaller. Now, lemurs, lemurs definitely use this, and lemurs mm-hmm. spend all their time in the trees and above the tree line just because that's where they live. Unless they're riding around on tortoises at, at the uh, Museum of Life and Science in Durham. This is true. <laughs> but otherwise, they are in the trees. <laughs> So a Brazilian study found that there were there was a lot of variation genetically among people uh, with people who had the palmaris longus and people who didn't. So two parents that had bilateral, which means um, both arms had the palmaris longus, they could have a kid without a palmaris longus. They could have a kid that has a unilateral palmaris longus where it's only on one side. It just, they couldn't find much genetically. It just seems to either be attached to some other uh, genes or it's something else that we haven't considered. But this is just one of a few kind of vestigial or parts that we don't, you know, don't really use anymore, but they're evidence of our evolution. Um, There's an example of like the wisdom teeth. Uh, I don't know if you ever had wisdom teeth, Emily. Yes, I did. Yeah, I did too. I had to have mine cut out. Um, And that is just, we think our jaws became smaller as our diets changed. And those, I think they're the 32nd teeth is what they're called. I don't Mm, remember. I don't remember. Anyway, um, we don't need the wisdom teeth. So they, some people don't even grow them, those lucky suckers. They didn't need that surgery. (laughs) Um, There's the tailbone, of course, the tailbone or the coccyx. That's evidence. And if you look at fetuses, uh, human fetuses in the womb, they actually have what looks like a tail. And then uh, they, uh, babies fully develop and then they, you know, are born. And most of the time, they don't have a tail, um, but that tailbone, that coccyx, is shaped in a way that we used to have a tail. We don't need a tail anymore. Interestingly, uh, some people have stronger ear muscles, so there's a bunch of muscles on your head um, that suggests that at some point we could wiggle our ears. Some people can actually wiggle their ears. I can wiggle my ears. You can? Yes. I can't. I can't even like figure out those muscles. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I can wiggle my ears and I can flex muscles in my head so that it makes my ears. It's, I guess it would be a version of like, like almost like you're popping your knuckles, but like make a sound inside my ear. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's like you're like a bunny. Like you can, <laughs> you can flex your ears. That's cool. Something like that. <laughs> so then there's the plantar grasp 
reflex in babies. So when newborn uh, human newborns are born, they this is kind of funny. You can go up to the babies. You can put your little finger in their hands because it's so cute, and they will grasp for dear life onto it. Mm-hmm. That's called the plantar grasp reflex. And as babies get older, they grow out of that. They don't have that grasp reflex anymore, and they think that is because. We are, of course, related to primates. That's our, uh, that's the group that we are in. And that was because our ancestors had, their babies had to grasp onto them for dear life while we were, you know, doing whatever we were doing before we could invent like papooses and baby bjorns and stuff. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Then there's the plantaris muscle, the uh, plantaris plantaris, I don't know. It's it's like the uh, counterpart to the palmaris longus in the leg. And it's, it's the same thing. Like it's there. Mm-hmm. It seems to be important for, you know, our ancestors or lemurs or, you know, uh, animals basically that need to grasp things with their feet, that use their feet more for grasping. That's something that we don't need, but it's still there. So again, where are our palmaris longuses going? Uh, we're all evolving away from them. They aren't needed. We don't mm-hmm. need them. Yeah, they're not important for wrist flexion at all. Um, if surgeons remove them, if they harvest that tendon, it just goes away. And um, it moves somewhere else in your body and your grip your grip isn't really changed. And the reason why it hasn't completely gone away is because selective pressure, as in the pressure from the environment onto us, hasn't really completely gotten rid of the palmaris longus it's just kind of sitting there like our appendix although i have heard recently our appendix is is something that um they think it's part of our immune system to be honest so they think that they have heard that before i thought that was interesting that was like the um the tonsils and the adenoids, a lot of people got theirs removed that are my age. And nowadays, they're just like, well, we think this is an important part of the immune system. So we're mm-hmm. not, we don't take this out anymore. Yeah, I still have mine. Yeah, as do I. Um, Shaw, my husband, has no tonsils, no adenoids, um, no appendix. So his, he's gotten rid of almost all his organs that are unneeded or they used to think they we didn't need them so yeah it it was a quick fast topic but it was really fun like because I was like what because I'm currently studying the muscles for yoga teacher training so it's interesting Mm -hmm. to me that we have muscles that we don't need that's cool it is interesting isn't it and hasn't there been some chatter about the possibility of, of eventually evolving away from having pinky toes? Yes, yes, there is. So um, they don't, as of now, the big toe is the biggest part of needing of balance in your feet. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you think about like the balance of your feet, there's a, there's planes to your feet. And if you're doing any kind of like balancing or anything, so the pinky toe does do some balance for you, but we don't need all those toes. Like our pinky toe is so tiny. Like there's no real reason for it. Like it could easily fuse onto the toe next to it. 
And we would still have that four plane balance that we have in our feed. Yeah. I mean, get rid of it. You won't bash it on things if you get rid of it. Oh, yes. That is the worst pain. It is one of the foulest pains <laughs> one can have. I and have, it is such ahead. a tiny body part. I know. And my, I don't know about y'all, but my pinky toe um, nail is ridiculous. It's just like a sliver of a nail. I'm like, why do you even exist? Same really? here. I, I have a particularly small pinky toe and uh, my spouse teases me for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And... And, like, it's interesting people's feet. People's feet are fantastic and interesting because they have so many, they can have so many problems as well as our lower backs. We just, it's obvious uh, to people who who think about this stuff that we're, we're like a work in progress. We definitely have stuff going on with us. Like, our feet have all these problems. People can have fallen arches. Um, we... We obviously evolved from uh, animals that needed their toes. Why do we even have toes? Like, obviously our big toe is important, but as far as, like, balance, we don't really need anything but our our big toe. And then, like, we could just have fused toes and that would be fine. Like, as long as we had, like, live long and prosper kind of thing going on with our with our feet, that would be like- fine. Or like webbed toes. That'd exactly. be handy. Exactly. Oh, God, I'd love to have webbed toes. I love swimming. Yeah, see, useful. Exactly. Versus a pinky toe that you just smash against things. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure one of my pinky toes has been broken a few times, and there's nothing they can really do. Like No, it's two teeny little bones. Exactly. There's nothing like, they can do. They're like, well, we can immobilize your entire foot. I'm like, well, what's? purpose of that it's just like a (laughs) tiny it's like a tiny tiny little vestigial organ down there (laughs) yep exactly yeah i can you pick up things with your feet yes as can i but my pinky toe is useless like it doesn't it's not involved in any of the action Mm -hmm. it's just like my my uh my big toe and my two toes after that yeah exactly I could be, I could go without a pinky toe. Yeah. No problem. I think probably a lot of people could if we like had that figured out that flexion and that um, balance issues. Mm-hmm. And we probably will. We won't have palmaris longuses. We won't have tails. Well, we already don't have tails. Hopefully, we don't all have wisdom teeth. God, they're so useless. <laughs> you just they ha- truly are. <laughs> you just have to get them removed. Like what? Why? well and then it's so expensive it is expensive it's crazy expensive that is kind of neat that you can use the palmyris longus for uh other tendon replacement because i know healing tendons can be extremely difficult and uh who knows how synthetic tendons operate so Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of it's kind of nice that 
there's we got a little little spare parts just sort of riding around with us yeah we grow our own scrap parts it would be cool if we could do that for other things like if you needed a new organ and of course when i when i was growing up that of that was always like the sci-fi thing was like we were going to totally grow our own organs out of our own dna and then we wouldn't reject organs and then people wouldn't have to you know uh, donate organs etc um and then that brings up the whole like a whole other person raised to be an organ farm for you and and then like mice with ears on their backs and stuff (laughs) oh mice with ears can they hear out of those I've always wondered I don't know I don't know if it is connected to a nerve that would uh, operate with their brain yeah I kind of doubt it I I bet it's just the cartilage and the skin yeah and recently I heard that they could actually like 3D print skin or something like that. Wow. Cool. I, I don't know if I made that up or like I, that's how I misread it. I see no reason why they couldn't, especially like skin is a complex organ, but it's the type of thing where if you could print something that would enable a graft, your body is inclined to grow new skin. Mm-hmm, so it might, mm-hmm. it might even just facilitate healing or something like that. And a friend of mine told me that if you, uh, this is person is trans, uh, she told me that if you know someone with large scars on their forearms um, mm-hmm. and they are trans, it is possible that they, that is the skin that they use to uh, make a, make a, a, a penis for them, which I found fascinating. I was yep. like, really? Yeah, uh, utilizing different parts that exist for other parts is a not uncommon component of uh, sort of changing yourself or working medically with uh, medical personnel to change yourself to better fit your understanding of yourself as a trans person. Mm-hmm. So i'm glad they figured that out that's amazing so it's just it's amazing our body's ability to heal and our body's ability to change it's pretty cool it is and that's it i don't have anything else (laughs) i don't know enough about the body i had to do when i was in college i had to argue that the professor would provide groups with a topic and you could argue pro or con and you didn't have to tell the professor beforehand, but then he would debate your group and he would take either side. So if you went pro or con, he would just take the opposite side, whatever it was, mm-hmm. which was a pretty fascinating uh, exercise for him to be capable of completing. But um, and our group got assigned face transplants. Now, you got to remember that this was like 16 or 17 years ago and all a lot of this technology was pretty paltry at the time and it has been like radically changed over what i consider a short period of time thank goodness it's great it's awesome but we actually took the con because we wanted to push for more utilization of either synthetic skin uh or um smaller scale surgeries not that we didn't want people to like have a new face mm-hmm. but because both face transplants and the synthetic skin using different pieces of skin now we're 3d printing skin uh can come up it's pretty amazing what can be done with a shocking degree of success 
Yeah, it's just this the stuff that's changed in my lifetime. And of course, as I get older, I don't think I'm old, but it's, <laughs> it's no, just amazing. Is old. Yeah, it's just it's amazing to me uh, just how much it has changed. And we look back and we're like, oh, nothing ever changes. And that is true in some places, but medical technology is so much better. And of all the times to get COVID, uh, to have a COVID pandemic, I am so glad it didn't happen in the freaking 80s. Oh, my God. <laughs> As opposed to now. Oh, my goodness. Well, and then, I mean, we could get into people's attitudes about who COVID actually impacts and then their attitudes about whether or not they need to be careful and how much worse that would have been in the 80s. Oh, my yes. Because <sighs> we just... had a pandemic in the 80s. Yes, we did. HIV and AIDS. And it was the the success of the uh, uh, of HIV of the human immunodeficiency virus was fundamentally facilitated by public policy in the United States. Absolutely. As you well know, I'm preaching to the choir with Sarah here. Mm -hmm. That would be a good topic to talk about. Actually, where did where did HIV go? I want to talk about Ryan White. Like, I think I, I know um, you and I, for our uh, generation-ish, since you're in one generation, I'm in the other, but we're not that far apart. Um, there was Ryan White was a big deal. Number mm-hmm. one, because he was uh, in Indiana, just a little state away from me. He wasn't that far away from me. Uh, and you were in Michigan, but he yeah. was a Midwestern kind of a thing. And just the hate and vitriol, like, spewed at this poor child. He, mm-hmm. he ended up with uh, HIV because of a, a, a transplant. He was, I guess, I don't remember how old he was, but he was not old by any means he was like preteen and they're just should he go to school should he not go to school everyone's gonna die and i think maybe i've mentioned this before but just the hate and vitriol just just thrown at this poor child and his family was just unbelievable and obviously there are good people in this world and there's lots of people that came to their aid and were just like this is not right but just on the national stage not even getting into the the debate uh the ridiculous debate about homosexuality just the assumption that this child had done something wrong yeah the moralization of this this virus and health in such a oh hateful way as you put it yeah hateful it, it was it was unbelievable so taking that and um this past week's uh, events and Trump not helping anything earlier by calling coronavirus the Kung flu. Um, oh, yeah. Just, the, just yeah. how people react to stuff like that. It's just, even though all that is still a thing, people are can still be hateful and, and uh, ill-informed and uneducated and ignorant. Um, I would still rather have the coronavirus pandemic now than in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. my point. I, I took a long way to get there, but I made it. It's okay. I took us on a fine detour through, <laughs> <laughs> through HIV and AIDS. <laughs> Just not exactly a small topic. No, not at all. I think that it deserves its own episode, definitely. Yeah. Maybe we could do two sides of 
it, maybe we could do we could we could, I don't wonder if there's which month we could do a month of it if we wanted to of HIV AIDS and definitely yeah because I wanted to talk about PrEP before and where the ability to contract HIV comes or goes when you are utilizing PrEP in order to uh, prevent acquisition I don't think I guarantee that's not the right word but it's the word I'm using. Yeah, prep is amazing. Uh, it's it's such a good thing as far as I understand it, and of course I need to be more educated about it. I am relatively, uh, I'm very privileged person in that I uh, live in, uh, I, I live in a straight relationship as a, a seemingly straight uh, relationship, so I don't really have the knowledge, the personal knowledge of being a gay male or um, a sex worker or anything like that um, to know about PrEP and worrying about getting PrEP because I'm in a monogamous relationship and I have been for 20 years, but it's definitely such a good thing Mm -hmm. for people to not have to worry if you're going to die. It's, I, I don't like calling scientific achievements miracles, but I think on the social scale and from the way that HIV and AIDS has been utilized as a cudgel socially for so long it feels like a miracle yeah I guess I I feel like I wish that people weren't so I guess ignorant that they require miracles to be non-technical in order to be considered miracles Mm -hmm. because something can be the result of extraordinary hard work and compassion and thoughtfulness and understanding and public health initiatives and also be in my opinion a miracle agreed totally agreed just but a lot of it, people don't think that way so just because it's a mirror just because it is a miracle does not mean there wasn't science and hard work and uh, love and dedication put into it in my opinion yeah i mean it's its own kind of magic if you think about it absolutely i agree totally because it's a manifestation <laughs> of hard work yes now i'm taking us on a detour through magic i love this <laughs> this is so good <laughs> we should do a month of like magical systems too and where they go oh yeah i that agree would be fun okay i'm gonna stop detouring us because uh we, we could talk about a whole lot of things and we will don't worry. Keep keep tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to talk about how horrible America did in particular with HIV and AIDS. And we'll talk about magic. Yes. <laughs> and trickle down economics. <laughs> December is HIV AIDS Awareness Month. Oh, I don't want to wait till December. Yeah, no. It's a good thing to talk about now because uh, people... A little uh, older than me, a little bit older than me, uh, because, I mean, I was a teenager around that time. I was, you know, preteen into teenager, and it was a big deal. It was a huge deal. I don't know if you ever knew anyone that had HIV or AIDS in high school. To my knowledge, no, but that's also to my knowledge, so that doesn't mean I didn't know anybody. So I did. And mm-hmm. she, you know, there there was a lot of uh, gossip gossip around it. And as far as I know, she's still alive, which is great. Excellent. Um, yeah, but 
Yeah, it was. There was a lot of of gossip around how promiscuous she was. It was ridiculous and stupid. Basic, basically slut shaming this poor yeah. person. I have no idea how she contracted it. It's none of my business. Yeah, I mean, it could easily be. It could be any kind of thing, moral, immoral. Neither of it matters, and mor- morality is fake anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's none of our business, and it's bad that she got it. But she's still alive, as far as I know. So that's good. Um, Excellent. And hopefully, because of prep, she can have a relatively normal life, um, and she has access to medication. Yeah. Let's make of, let's make lots. viruses uh, a thing of the past. I think that'd be great. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, or we just get it. So it's like Star Trek future where they're like, Beverly Crusher was like, "This died out years ago. Why y'all have it?" <laughs> <laughs> or don't they go back to the past in that movie about San Francisco where they save the whale and then Bones is like kidney problems yeah he's so pissed off about it he's like what what in the world are you people doing why (laughs) (laughs) this doesn't have to kill you (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah, there's been a few, like, I think it's not holodeck episodes, but, like, episodes of TNG. By the way, I'm re-watching all of TNG with my dog. So over our little hiatus we had, I adopted a two-year-old rat terrier, um, and she's completely ridiculous. And she loves the sound of Jean-Luc Picard's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? So we've been re-watching Star Trek, The Next Generation, and I've already seen it before, but yeah, there's this episode, I think they go back in time and Beverly Crusher's with them, and she's just, she's just pissed. She's like, Ugh. This is just so antiquated. Why did we ever like not know this? Or I don't remember because I watched. I kind of binge watched them while I'm doing other stuff. Um, yeah. But regardless, yes, I want to get to the Star Trek future where coronavirus will be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> where we all have palm, where we all don't have palmaris longuses, and that was the cure for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> or spare tendon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You want to wrap it up? Yep. Okay. So thanks for listening. You can always find us online, wheredoesitpodcast.com. Uh, email at wheredoesitpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So you can tweet at us or you can Insta us. We don't have a TikTok yet. I don't think we ever will. I guess I we won't. might. Yeah. I might, <laughs> you can. Maybe someday <laughs> if I feel <laughs> like it. Um, yeah. You can find us. We're around. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.